Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you want to help us tell more stories, check us out at patreon.com slash television, paypal.me slash television, or on Cash App at TSB Television. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another live edition of Miked Up Sports, a show that goes in-depth with the people who build our sports community. And my next guest is another representative of Eden Prairie Girls Basketball, was part of the team that reached the Class 4A state tournament last season, hoping to repeat as section champions. Whatever happens next year, you will find her on the court at Minnesota State Mankato as a member of the Mavericks Destiny Burst. Destiny, thanks for coming on. And what have you been doing with this pause? How have you handled everything? I know a lot of athletes and coaches and parents want to get back out there and play, but with the pandemic going on, I know everyone wants to stay safe too. So it's not the greatest of things to balance, but how have you handled this situation where your season is a limbo? I mean, it's pretty hard, especially when it's my senior year and I can't be playing, but I've been doing training with my trainer, Alexis. So I've been in the gym doing as much as I can. So, but it kind of sucks that we can't be on the court. Well, it's not much better for me as a broadcaster. I bet. But no, well, I'm a sports guy. And when your livelihood is dependent on sports, this year has been rough with no major league baseball games and limited number of high school games. But I'd rather be bored than sick. That's how I put it. And I see we have a few folks joining us on the live stream. If you want to drop a comment, feel free to do so. And if you're watching this on demand through our YouTube channel, we're glad you can join us there as well. Destiny, you have an interesting path when it comes to basketball. So I think we'll start there because you were at Chaska for the first couple of seasons. And then you decided to make the move over to Eden Prairie, a section rival. So what led to that change? Um, Well, I was at Chaska for three years, maybe four years. Um, What happened was like a lot of drama happened with our family and the school. So our whole family were like, didn't feel comfortable. So we decided to go back to Eden Prairie. And like, I started off there. So I knew a lot of people when I went back. So it wasn't like a big change, but I still like felt comfortable when I went there. How surreal was it to face off against Jaska for the section title last year, knowing that a state tournament spot was on the line. Um, it was, I was nervous, really nervous, especially because the first time they beat us. So it was kind of like a if, but I knew we could like get them back, I guess you can put it, but it, we all just, our whole team just put it on the line, like everything. So it felt really good when we beat Chaska, especially for me. But our whole team was so happy and so excited. And we'll see if that happens again this season. Uh, The schedule continues to be adjusted almost by the minute, it seems. From what I've seen, we might have a season that goes into April, but we're all playing this 
card of uncertainty. I'm curious though, Destiny, what got you started in the sport of basketball? Do you recall the first moment or memory that led you to become interested in the sport? My dad, actually, we, Gus Macker. He used to play like a three on three league. I've always like went to his games, always wearing shorts and like a shirt, always had a ball in my hand. So I knew I would be playing basketball, but I also was really interested in football, but like I could only play up to eighth grade. So, but basketball was my main sport. I remember the Gus Smacker tournaments. That was a big deal, the three-on-three. Some old friends of mine competed in those events, and I always wondered what happened to it because I would always see the trophies, the people who took part in it. Some of my old friends actually did quite well in those tournaments. And it's funny now to think about it because FIBA, you may have known this, adopted a three-on-three tournament of their own It's not quite as prevalent as your traditional basketball, but FIBA uses it. Ice Cube founded the Big Three Basketball League. Gonna have a fun alternate way. Is that something you've tried out, Destiny? Uh, I haven't. I don't think so. No, but I did play Gus Smacker. That was always fun times. Oh, I'm sure it was. Over time, what did you enjoy most about the sport of basketball? Just the competition, like, and I don't know. I just fell in love with it, I guess. I love the competition. That's all I could say. Growing up, were there any other sports that you tried out? Football. Yeah. I was kind of, I was, I was kind of a big deal, but but it's, I was better than my brother. That's all I could say. Kind of a big deal. So were you competing in flag leagues, rec leagues, co-ed? What exactly uh, are we talking about? Boys football. So like regular contact and everything. So you played tackle football with all boys leagues? Yes. And how long did you take that up? Uh, I quit eighth grade because I was going into high school season for basketball. So I was like, gotta focus on basketball. And yet here we are, Sarah Fuller, you of course may know what she did at Vanderbilt, the first woman to get an extra point to compete in a power five game. If you had held out just a few years longer destiny, imagine what kind of history you could have made, especially at a program like Eden Prairie. Yeah, Um, yeah, that would have been cool. I mean, I'm kind of small compared to all the guys, but I can hold my ground. What position did you play as a football athlete? Um, Running back and um, quarterback. So I played both. Running back and quarterback. Usually I'll see the quarterbacks play receivers, not running back. Uh, That's quite the combination. And you said you were kind of a big deal. So in those leagues up through eighth grade, how did you approach the game and how well did you handle yourself against your fellow male teammates and competitors? Back then I was like pretty, I was bigger than most of the guys. So like I could like handle them. But I remember the first time I painted my nails and 
I was going down in a stance and someone was like, oh, you're a girl? Because they didn't know I was a girl. So it was always like, I kind of felt good that I was playing a sport that like, was only like meant for guys, but I was kind of like, felt good that I could play and like hold my own ground, you know? I find that amusing because in my sports, broadcast coverage history. I have covered women's tackle football leagues. I covered a championship round of the Women's Football Alliance for a couple of years. And I also have called games with a pair of Minnesota women's football teams. One is still around. So if you still have that itch, Destiny, once you're done with the college, the Minnesota Vixen might come calling, or if you end up going elsewhere, there still might be a path for you to take up football again. Who knows? I might. I miss it. I miss playing it. So what do you recall your reaction when one of your, I don't know who it was, if it was a teammate or one of your competitors, when they discovered that you were a young woman playing in a young man's sport, when they saw your painted fingernails, how did they react to it? And what did that do for you, if you know what I mean? They, they were shocked. They were like, oh, wow. And like, I thought it was funny because everyone on my team knew I was a girl, but our opponent or who we're playing against didn't know. So I thought it was funny and they were shocked. They're like, oh my God, that's a girl. So I thought it was pretty cool though, at the same time. What did you enjoy most about the football experience? Um, tackling. I love tackling. That was my favorite, but also the, um, the, um, competition, it was harder. So it was a good, like, thing for me to do. You love tackling and your primary positions were on offense as running back and quarterback. I also played defensive line. Okay. So defense. So that's when I was, yeah, on defense, but my main were running back and quarterback. Okay, well, as long as there was a place for you and the defensive line is probably a perfect spot for you to make tackles. So what do you think you learned from that football experience that has helped you in basketball? Obviously you can't tackle in basketball, there are rules against it, but playing defensive line, playing running back, playing quarterback, if anything, it tells me that you're not afraid of contact, you're not afraid to get in there and rough it up with, fellow linemen, right. whether you're punching through a hole or trying to get through the A gap and sack the quarterback. Exactly. I'm guessing some of those attributes have carried over to basketball. From your perspective, what crosses over? Uh, like contact going up for a layup, like body using my body, getting through like tight spaces, going like through like screens or like, you know, um, double teaming also. And then on the basketball side, uh, when did you pick up that sport and how did you develop those skills over the years? Actually, I started late. I started fourth grade. So I'm a little late. I didn't start like third grade, second grade. I started fourth grade. Do you recall the first time you got called up to play a varsity game? Uh, yes, I do. 
it, my eighth grade year, we were playing Chan when I was playing with Chaska. I remember that, yeah. I remember I hit a three. I was so excited, my first varsity game. How nervous were you to hit the floor that first time as an eighth grader? Super nervous. There was a lot of competition, a lot of older girls. So I was very nervous. You spent three years at Chaska before moving to Eden Prairie. What would you make of those three years and how do you think that helped you grow and develop as a player? Because I recall from your sophomore season, Chaska, they were back on the rise again. They had a few down years, but yourself and some of the athletes who are still there, Mallory Heyer, Kennedy Sanders, Kaylee Van Epps, were turning Chaska into a contender again. I don't know, but those three years obviously like helped me grow as a player, especially playing with them, them Kaylee Van Epps, Kennedy, and Mallory. They're all great players, and they also pushed me to be or develop into a great player. And for you, how difficult was the transfer process? It's always a big decision when you choose to make that kind of a move. And at Chaska, when I started following you, I remember you were in their starting lineup, I think is their point guard, maybe shooting guard. So you, you played an integral part of that team. You continued that, of course, at Eden Prairie. But as you were weighing the decision on whether or not to go elsewhere, or in this case, go back to where you started, how difficult was that choice? I mean, I don't, it wasn't really difficult because like I knew a bunch of people there. I was still friends with them, but also left friends behind. So obviously, it was kind of hard, but also it wasn't at the same time because I knew like I wanted to play with Eden Prairie and transfer to Eden Prairie. So when you make the move, what was the transition like? Eden Prairie, much like Chaska, building up their program after some lean years. Ellen Weesey has that track record from Orno, then spent a year at St. Thomas before taking the Eden Prairie job. And we saw the Eagles do the same thing with Nia Holloway, Neka Obeyizer, Savannah Jones, Molly Lenz. They, I don't want to say snuck into the state tournament because every team that gets there has to fight their way through. But the late conference we knew was a tough, gritty league. And we had three teams make the field from that group. And you throw in Wyzetta who reached their section finally a year ago. So you go from Chaska in the Metro West to Eden Prairie in the lake, which means that night in, night out, you're going to have tough matchups. What was that transition like? Uh, it was really hard because we also played way better competition than Chaska still plays better competition, but we also played Wyzetta, Hopkins, Edina, all of them. It was like, it was hard, but like our team kept our ground and we like built, our team like came so close. So we were like, we could take anything, I guess you could put it. 
And I get what you were saying, Chaska, in the Metro West, where they've been the premier team in that group over the last few years, Eden Prairie, you have several teams that are in the top 10 or close to it every year. Minnetonka on the rise again, Hopkins and Wyzetta, we know all about their rivalry and their pedigree. St. Michael Aberville, that's another team that is always in the conversation. What was that like for you when you discussed the difference in strength of schedule? Non-conference, both Chaska and EP played some high caliber competition, but in your case, uh, you had fewer nights off in the proverbial sense. It was definitely hard, but like, yeah, I guess I, I don't know what else to say. It was hard. It was hard, but it sounds like you made some new friends. You spoke of the relationships that you had built. You knew some people already going in. I happen to know one of those friends quite well in the Holloway family. Yeah. How did they and, and others who you knew, how did they help you transition to Eden Prairie after three years at Chaska? They were really nice about it. They weren't like mad or like upset, but they like welcomed me with open arms and I was, I felt comfortable right away, especially the Holloway family. I love them. As I understand it, you used to be next door neighbors or something close to yeah. it. And even though that's not the case, uh, the two of you get along, the two families, I should say, get along quite well. And as a teammate and close friend, how excited were you when you learned that your buddy Nia Holloway was going to commit to Minnesota? I was so happy for her. She deserves it. And I was so happy for her. I don't know what else to say. She's a great player. And if things weren't surreal enough, then you find out, I think it was a few days before Nia made the announcement that Mallory's going to Minnesota. Yeah. So a couple of players who you've been alongside with as opponents, as teammates are both going to go to the Bruin and gold. How surreal was that for you to find out like two players that you're highly acquainted with are going to be playing at the same college. And then just recently there's another in Mara Braun. Uh, so Minnesota will have a lot of in-state competition or representation, but to have Mallory and Nia announced a few days apart to see them go from section rivals to college teammates in a couple of years. I'm happy. What does that mean for you? Go ahead. They're, they both have, I can tell they're going to get along very well. They're both great players. They both are outgoing and everything. I was excited for both of them. Happy for Mallory and happy for Nia. They're going to do great in um, the Gophers, Minnesota. I certainly hope so. We'll see, of course, as you know, the college circuit, a lot of good teams year in and year out. Uh, that being said, what did some of your teammates and friends have to say when you made the announcement this fall that you were going to play at MSU Mankato? They were excited. They were, um, well, no one knew except Elle, one of my friends, because she took the pictures for me to commit. But everyone was shocked that I committed that day because they didn't know I was committing then. But all of them 
got a lot of support from my team and family and friends. How many offers did you get and what led you to go the division two route? Um, I had a few. Um, well, I wanted to stay home. Funny story is I beginning of me playing basketball, I always said I wanted to go super far and want to get away from home, don't want to be here. But then I really thought about it. And I was like, I can't, I can't leave my dad, my mom, my siblings. And um, I wanted to stay home. And also me and my twin, my brother, we're going, he's going there too. So we've never went to school without each other. So I think it's kind of cool that I will be attending Mankato with my brother. Until just now, I did not realize you had a twin brother. Yeah, there's a lot of kids in our family, but. So where do you fall in terms of the lineup of siblings? Oldest. You're the oldest and how many siblings do you have? Uh, I have four. Four, okay. So you're soon the be, oldest. Soon but to be six. Soon to be, soon to be six? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so you said you're the oldest. So how many minutes did you beat your brother by? Four. Four minutes. What was that like growing up? Uh, having a twin brother, the two of you have stuck together and I'm guessing over time, the two of you have shared jokes about the four minute separation in age, but what has that been like? Um, he's my best friend. We've done everything together. I tell him everything. He tells me everything. So I think it's kind of cool having a twin. Some people don't like having a twin, but like we always like fell in the same friend group and like went to homecoming together because we're always in the friend group. So I think it's kind of cool. We did everything together. So who committed first to MSU Mankato? I did. He's not going for sports. He's, he, has, he has the brains. <laughs> I got the athletic, athleticism and he gets the brains. Destiny, don't sell yourself short because <laughs> even we were talking about an old mutual friend that we have. Being an athlete does require a degree of smarts because you have yeah. to know plays, you have to know the rules, right. you have to understand your teammates' communication. Sure, it might not translate well in things like Jeopardy or Bar Trivia Nights, but right. you're right. getting a scholarship. And to get a scholarship means that you had to put in enough work both in athletics and academics. So Destiny, I, I'm sure you're just as smart. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I know stuff, but he's like extremely smart. So like, if I don't know a problem, I go to him and he helps me. To me, that is a true marker of intelligence. Yes, knowing a lot helps, but understanding how to use your resources. And right. it sounds like, hey, if I don't know the answer to a question, I can go to my brother or, exactly. or, or Nia because... Uh, <laughs> She's pretty smart too. Yes. I know she's smart too. I can go to her whenever. I've learned that about her over time. Big fan of Hamilton has the songs from that musical memorized. Yep. And <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It, that's fine too, because all these years you probably hear of, about the jock stereotypes, especially in older shows in the 80s right. and 90s. And 
over time you realize, no, it's not always like that. Uh, exactly. So maybe, yeah, you don't have as many smarts. I don't know in what subjects, but it sounds like your brother has some strengths, but yeah, you have yeah. your advantages as well. It sounds right. like the two of you wouldn't exist as well without the other. Yeah. I have like, I'm good at writing papers. I can write papers, but I cannot do math. Math is so hard to me, but he's really good at math. How would you say your relationship with your twin brother, what makes you two so close to the point where the two of you are going to attend the same college? You know, you, you know I don't know. What are, like, what are those called twin things? Like when you like think of the same thing, you know, like you guys are like- ESP, twin, twin vibe. Is that what it's called? Twin tu tuition? Twin tuition, your, your yeah. intuition, yes. Like, we kind of just like, I don't know, we're the exact same. But he's taller, obviously, but like we're still, we're the exact same. Twin tuition, are you thinking what I'm thinking, that sort of yep. thing? How tall is he? He's like 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, and you're what, 5'8", if I remember? Yeah, 5'8". So what happened there? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I was six two. That dream. would make you that would make you taller than Nia. Right. And EP actually they have a pretty lengthy team between Nia and NECA, who is there now at Youngstown State and Savannah Jones, uh, Natalie Mazurek, almost forgot about her. But that, that's kind of cool. You've developed this intuition and <laughs> it still holds. I, I kind of wonder what will happen in college. The, the two of you have this vibe, this connection that no one else can replicate. Interesting. It will be very interesting. But it's kind of cool that I'll have my brother in like the next, the dorm across the street so I can just go over there. Oh, I'm sure the two of you will have some meetups. Oh, yeah. What are some moments that symbolize the closest the two of you have developed, or as you put it, the twin tuition, some moments or stories? Um, we all, I played football with him. We always played like, when I played football, we played together. So we are always doing stuff with each other. A story. Mm. Oh, there's a lot. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I can't really, I don't know. You know what? On my next podcast, I'll bring your twin brother on and then maybe he can yeah. refresh your memory. Right. And speaking of friendships, what would you make of the friendship you have with the Holloways and others from the Eden Prairie team? I don't want to single anyone out if you know what I mean, Yeah. but how vital was that? when you made that transition to Eden Prairie and how cool is it to have not only just a teammate, but her family, your family to have that bond. It's actually really nice. Like first time, first practice, she was always helping me because like I was confused. And then it's starting me getting to meet the family. Then the family meet my family. And then we just got really close. And then we're kind of in, inseparable. So expect and same with every all the other girls. I got close, so close with the team. Like 
I know everyone says this, like our team's a family, but like our team is actually like a family, all best friends. We're all so close. Along the same lines that we spoke of with your twin brother, what are some favorite moments or memories with your teammates, whether it's Nia or Neca or Natalie, anyone else? Um, what are some of those stories that highlight the team bonding you speak of? Well, with all of us, when we won or beat Chaska, all of us, our whole team had like a team sleepover. So we all, there was that bond. Everyone is so happy, so excited. Um, getting food before the games with Nia or Neca or Myra, Natalie. Um, bus rides, always fun with the whole team. Um, before games in the locker room. We're always listening to music, hype. So like those little things. I'm wondering who hosted the team sleepover because I remember seeing your team. Myra did. Myra, Myra did. Yeah. I, I'm guessing is was her house big enough? The basement, yeah, it was big enough for all of us to fit. And how many were in that sleepover? Ooh, maybe 30. Well, the reason I ask is I remember how big your team was at the yeah. MLK Fury event at St. Catherine. You brought so many players that several of them had to <laughs> sit on the on floor, the floor yeah. because they didn't have enough seats on the bench. Now, I don't know how many are JV varsity crossovers, but the point being, it's such a large contingent, 30 people. I'm wondering... How long did it take to fall asleep that night with 30 oh, of you all amped up with the, <laughs> did you even get to sleep? Uh, some of us didn't know. There was like a bunch of us slept on the floor. So. And the rest of you were just all amped up <laughs> in a bed or on the couch. 30 of you in one spot. That <sighs> is intense. Like 30 young outstanding, strong women. I'm going, oh, that would be quite the experience for Myra's parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she knows, like, they know all of you, but I'm thinking that that's something that Myra and probably her parents will never forget. Exactly. Yep. Down, down the road, your reunion. It's like, remember the time when I brought 30 of you? <laughs> that's yeah. real cool, though, that all of you got together. It wasn't just a few of you. It was, nope, we're going to bring the entire team. Exactly. What do you remember from that first season? Of course, the section final, the state student run, I'm sure were moments, but the journey to get there was not an easy one. Eden Prairie, they played a super tough schedule. Most of the lake does, but he, EP, I think I said, you may have noticed this in the broadcast. I said, perhaps the most unpredictable contender out there because they can Get a win you don't see coming. They can lose a game you think they yeah. might win. You just never know. We're Yeah, in the beginning, we were kind of up and down. But, like, mid-through, we decided we, like, locked down and, like, did what we could do. But, like, the beginning of the season was iffy. And it was just a matter of not knowing what to expect. Because I right. looked at the schedule. Of course, you get the late conference teams twice. STMA, there are no slouch. Hopkins, one of the best teams we've ever seen. De La Salle a top tier 3A team, they were defending state champions. So 
there were folks looking at the loss like what's going on and i'm like well you have to remember de la salle they've got a really good squad they just happen to be in 3a so it wasn't like you were losing to these pushover teams and champlain park has some young talent too you said midway through you were able to lock in and turn the metaphorical corner what was the tipping point the tipping point the moment where you felt the team had found its groove um i don't remember who we played mid through the season but we all just like we hate losing we're tired of it we really need the lockdown and like start winning games and like defense and everything so we all just just we didn't decide but we were all like more focused in practice because we're a really funny team and we can get distracted really easily but when we want to lock down we can how did your role change from chaska to eden prairie even though you were a starter for both teams you're working with two completely different sets of teammates and even new strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. EP, um, a pretty tall, lengthy team with Via Holloway being a double-double threat, Neka Obiizer, and they can spread it around. Chaska, they've got some talent too. But from your perspective, what did you have to adjust to? Oh, uh, well, I've always played like point guard when I was at Chaska. And I, when I transferred to Eden Prairie, I went to a two, so a wing. So it was kind of an adjustment for me, for me, Cause I'm usually making the plays like passing, but now I have to like score off of it. And I had to, re- I had to learn on like what to do and stuff. What was the biggest learning curve going from point guard to shooting guard? Um, probably like scoring more. Like I had to score more than usually cause I passed when I was point guard, but I still scored, but I was more of a passer. But like me as a two, I have to like score more, I guess you. How long did it take for you to adapt to this role where you're not bringing the ball up as much and sometimes you are looked upon to chip in a scoring play? Um, It didn't take me that long. I wouldn't say that long because I got the hang of it right away. I'm pretty good at like adjusting, so. It came to me pretty quick. And who would you consider your idols in the sport of basketball as you were growing up? It could be anyone, family, college, pro, you name it. Who are the players or the personalities you looked up to? Probably Maya Moore, for sure. And for us basketball fans, it might seem like a silly question, but I'll ask anyway, you never know. What is it about Maya Moore that inspires you? She's a great player all around. And like, she's always um, keeping her head up or keeping her team's head up, you know? Like, she's just a big impact on her team. Well, every time someone mentions Maya Moore, my memory bank goes back to the 2015 finals, which I covered in person, the buzzer beater in game three at Indiana to break a tie score and get the links out of there with a win without having to play overtime. I'll never forget how long and how, well, yes, long, long and 
both length and in time, my jaw dropped when she hit that shot with 1.7. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's a great thing to witness. You're lucky. <laughs> I guess I am in that sense, but I'm not fortunate enough. I wasn't fortunate enough to get an athletic scholarship like you did, Destiny. So I'd say you, you got lucky too in some <laughs> aspects that I'll never get the chance to experience. I'll never know what it's like to win a section title or go to state because I wasn't good enough as an athlete to do so. I was more of a fan than a player, but I'll take that. The other thing I appreciate about mine, I've discussed this too in prior podcasts, is no matter where she goes, she wins. And that doesn't apply to just basketball. It also includes the work that she put in to get her family friend and now husband, uh, Jonathan Irons, out of prison. Exactly. And I know that's a cause you take up. I think you're alluding to it with your sweatshirt yeah and we'll talk a little more about that as we continue this podcast but to see her take two years off to help a friend in need at the prime of her career everyone spoke of how much of a sacrifice and how crazy it might seem if an nba player did it but exactly whatever cause maya takes up she goes at it 110 percent and she's always worked on her own time. What did that mean for you to see someone, to see one of your favorite players take a break? I don't know if she'll return or not, but just to walk away at the prime of her career and then to score a win and end up (laughs) marrying her family friend. And now the two of them will continue advocating for criminal justice reform you can't make it up. No, I think that's, she's, I think that's great. Like her taking the time out of that, out of her career to do that is amazing. Like you can't really say much. That's just, wow. That's all I got to say. Wow. Some of her fellow players called it the biggest flex in the WNBA this season. You get your guy out of prison, then you end up marrying him and Maya very private individual so I didn't know of course no one knew until she made the announcement but for the two of them to reveal it it's like hey you know what go right (laughs) that's Maya for you all she does is win what is it about her game that you try to emulate literally every like the way she sees the court like her vision on everything, like I want that, like just seeing the whole court, making plays, scoring, having your teammates scoring, like I just, I don't know, like can't say I want to be just like her, but I want to like be as good, you know? So as you were making your way through the season, and I know even toward the end, EP, it was always back and forth until you got to the section round. And to get there, you had to beat Chan Hassan. Well, they were a team that is still developing. Uh, Minnetonka, a team on the rise, and they only got tougher when they added Keani Lockett to the mix this year from B. LaSalle. Yeah. But they're not a pushover. Chaska 
had taken it to you guys in the first meeting, what did you sense was different in the section round that didn't exist beforehand? Well, it was like my first time playing them. So obviously like I was down, like I was like, oh crap, I'm playing my old team, blah, blah, blah. And like, it kind of affected the whole team. So all of us were just like nervous and like, eh, like that. And then we lost and like, our coach said this big speech to us and we really, we just, we realized we're like, we can't do that. We gotta keep our heads up, blah, blah, blah. And so our second game, we came in ready to go. We were like, it's our time, I guess. What about Minnetonka? Because that was a team you had split the regular season series with. So you knew going in, that wasn't a guarantee. Yeah. Um, we kind of, that's, we kind of did the same thing. We just played. Um, Chasco was way more difficult than um, Minnetonka, but still like we still had to keep like playing how we play in all the section tournament or section games. And I imagine adding to that difficulty in that section final, which I attended as a spectator, I, I wish I would have <laughs> at least shot highlights from it because so many stories and memories have come from that game. But you know, the first meeting, not unlike any other, the second time it's a sold out gym, everybody wanting to see this game with two teams that we're going to be underdogs in the bracket with Hopkins in the mix, no matter who got through, but that didn't stop everybody from attending, including Hopkins. One of my officiating buddies was there as a spectator. How surreal was that? Because I don't think you got to the section final the prior year with Chaska. So you make it that far and you have to go back to Chaska because the high seat hosts and you see a sellout crowd, not a seat to be found anywhere. What did that atmosphere do for you? Well, I didn't think it was going to be sold out. I thought it was just going to be same amount of people as last time, but there's so many people there. And I was like, oh, wow. So like, I couldn't like stop how we, play, or how we were playing. So we were kind of like more motivated seeing them there. Throughout that game, when did you sense that you had the upper hand? It was a close one until the end, but compared to the first meeting where Chaska walloped you, you were able to hang with them until you started pulling away. What did you sense was different? What did, what did you feel changed between the first and second meeting? Um, well, I remember it was at like the eight minute mark of the second half that we knew that we were like going to win but like you kind of tell because like our section was way more louder than Chaska's section so we like when we're on the court we heard that like they're cheering more than Chaska so we were like oh like we're about to win and when you did win I know we talked a little bit about that moment when you did secure the win and you knew that you were going to get to play in the state tournament for the first time, what do you recall? So unreal. Like I was like, well, we're actually going to state. And everyone was so excited. 
like like you want to go to state like that was one of my like on my list like I want to attend to state so I'm glad I got to cross that off my list got to cross that off your list got to have a sleepover with 30 people and I could just see all the fun you could have in college and <laughs> be like yeah I could see it now uh when they do those questionnaires I could see you just dropping that. Yeah, there was a time where I slept with 30 people and then exactly. <laughs> you get, exactly. then you're like, they were all teammates of mine. Yeah. <laughs> but you could have some fun with it. What do you remember from that game with Farmington at Williams Arena? Uh, I was actually, I had the stomach flu that game. So I was chugging Pedialyte as my water. So I was definitely not feeling well, but we were doing really good. And then obviously it got close. And it's obviously hard when Sophie is eight feet tall and like our players six, five. So it was kind of hard on the rebound side cause like obviously Sophie, but we were kind of mad that we lost, but like it's still, we still had an opportunity. Like the opportunity to like play in state is great. So I was happy that we even got to play on that court. You had the stomach flu, and yet you still went 8 of 13, 19 points. I don't know, Destiny. Maybe being sick uh, was your... That's what I said. I said me being sick. I play better. Just like Michael Jordan or Paige Beckers the previous year. All you need to do is just get the flu, and then you'll right. explode. And... 19 that actually matched I was going to say I thought that matched your season high but you got 23 against Wyzetta in one of those games but still I'm guessing did your coach your teammates as you reflected on it did they have any quips about hey you remember that time you got sick and dropped 19 yeah they were they always give me like crap about it because I was there was like a big bottle of Pedialyte so they're like oh do you have your Pedialyte blah 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 remember when you were sick so it's kind of a good memory you got to play in the consolation round. So, you know, your season came to an end before everything was canceled. But that being said, how hard was it to know that so many storylines, so many seasons for everyone in the winter and the spring, really up to this point, have been left unresolved? How hard is that? That was really hard. Like, we were mid through the game, and I remember coach saying, this is our last game no one else is playing because of COVID. And we were all, we're like, wow. And like, especially for like, who was playing? Farmington and um, Hopkins, we couldn't even watch that game. Like, I would have loved watching that game, but like, it sucks that COVID came right then and there. I go back to that tournament. I was looking forward to seeing in 2A, if Providence would have continued their upset bid, you had a semifinal of unseated teams in 3A, a rematch with De La Salle and Becker. And in 4A, I'm thinking Hopkins would have won that convincingly, but still you like to see how it plays out because as you know, we don't play games on paper, but a, a lot of us kind of went through that and yeah, you, you try to stay grounded, but it's not easy because everyone, you know, we're all connected through sports. I got to meet you through sports. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have met you or the Holloways or just about anyone else that 
who's become part of my community, but <laughs> just gonna ride through it as best you can. A few more things I wanted to touch on, Destiny. Throughout your athletic career, what would you say has been the most exciting moment and the most embarrassing moment? Uh, most, we'll start with the exciting moments. Um, exciting moments, probably when we went to state or when we beat Chaska or when we beat Wyzetta too. That was a good game for us. Um, exciting. Yeah, that's probably it. We have a lot of games we've won, but like probably state is probably the best. Embarrassing? Oh, wow. I know the game we were at was Stillwater. I airballed. And I remember watching it, and you're like, oh, that's an airball. So I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was kind of bummed, but like I've done it a couple times, airballing. Um, um, probably because I fall a lot. So I've, I'm always doing flips. So that's probably another embarrassing things I do. Well, I'm sorry I had to accentuate one of your more embarrassing moments. Oh, <laughs> I just say what I see. So if it's an air ball, I'm like, uh, well, that <laughs> right. missed the no, mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you fall a lot, which reminded me of the time Nia told me when she took a tumble at Park Center because you were part of the Invitational and just went all the way down the bleachers. Yeah. And everyone noticed. Yep. Uh, and so for you, you say you fall a lot. So like what happens? Are, are, are you just one of those players that dives for everything or? Uh, yeah. Or there, oh, like if I get knocked down, like there was a one playing Farmington that like I got an and one and you can just see me doing a backflip. I was like, oh, so like when I fall, I always like tuck and roll. I was going to say, does it owe to your football experience that long dormant, yeah, that inner desire to tackle people? Most definitely, yeah. And what are you most excited about if we get to have a senior season? I know practices can resume January 4th. A start date for the season hasn't been formally announced yet, but there's still a chance, a glimmer of hope that you'll get a chance to go out there one more time. If there is a season, what are you most excited about? Playing with the girls one more time. That's all I'm like hoping for is like, I want to play with them. One last round. And how do you believe that state tournament run help put a face on Eden Prairie basketball because to a lot of casual fans, we know about their success in football. They've had some strong hockey programs. Most sports, Eden Prairie is usually in the mix, but football and I would say hockey are their biggest. Uh, boys basketball, of course, had a great season and that was a, a bummer that I thought it was going to be their year as a fan and observer, but the girls They've had some success in the past with Jackie Johnson, Shane Mullaney. Yep. They had that big upset over Hopkins all those years ago, but they're not necessarily synonymous with girls basketball. Yeah. You and Nia and Natalie, Myra, you've got a solid team and help put a face, help put a spotlight. How do you think that run from a year ago is going to help 
let folks know that, hey, EP can play ball too. Yeah, so I hope everyone thinks that because we're actually a really good team. But I feel like us going to state like really like pointed out that we're, we can play and like, you, like not be scared of us, but like we could be one of the teams that go to state again. So, yeah. I'm sure if there is a season and we get a schedule, Nia's mother will probably send me the EP list of schedule. games. I'm hoping to get back out there to do another game. And the next time you'll be ready. So there won't be any air balls, right? No air balls. Following up on issues of equality and justice and things of that nature, what led you to take up that advocacy? It's something that you wear proudly on your sleeve or in this case on your shirt. And then I saw some of your social media posts as I was doing my prep work for this podcast. So it's not something you shy away from talking about. What led you to take up that advocacy? I mean, especially for a mixed person, it's like a huge thing for us and our family. And like, I take a huge part of it. Like it means a lot to me. So like, I'm going to support and wear and like speak out, you know? So it's definitely a huge thing for me and our family. And it's something your fellow teammates are speaking out on as well. Nia starting the black student union and she led some other community gatherings over the summer. What were some of the things you did as we grappled with this discussion, this conversation, and these issues that have been with us for a long time, what did you do over the spring and summer months to spread your voice? Um, I definitely, like, from Instagram, I definitely reposted, like, other things, you know, war clothes or, like, this, you matter. Um, definitely, like, my, like, our, like, we speak out, like, if I'm talking to someone about it, I'm telling them my opinion or, like, what, what I mean, like, whatever, but I haven't done, like, what Nia's doing, like, making that group and stuff, like, I definitely support her for doing that, like, it's a great thing she's doing, and we need more people like that, because what she's doing is great. I would say you're not on the sidelines either with the attire that you've sported and everyone has a way to chip in. So even if you're not leading the charge as far as student groups, it's something you take up just as much as Nia and I imagine several of your teammates do. You spoke of your mixed background. What do you think that did to give you perspective on things when it comes to these types of issues and how it intertwines with sports, because I know I've covered a lot of athletes of mixed lineage and they don't sit in a corner when something that goes against what they believe in, when they see something that flies in the face of what they promote, what they advocate for. 
how did your family background, your family lineage, how did that play into the advocate that you are now? Um, I mean, like, it definitely like, like made me see like how like uh, some people are and some other people are. And like, I, especially like my dad's side cause he's the darker side. And um, he, like he's had problems before and like, I feel like it's just like not fair, you know? Like, I don't really know what to say, but like. That's okay, you don't need a definitive answer at this point. I've said this in previous podcasts and even when I covered the Minnesota Lynx advocacy efforts, the Change Starts With Us shirts, it's yep. an answer, it's a topic that will always evolve. I don't think we'll ever get to a point where anything is set in stone. I've learned a lot over the last few years that when I look back and reflect on that growth, I'm surprised at how much I've witnessed and have been exposed to that have helped me understand things that I wouldn't necessarily have thought about a few years ago. Right. How do you think that will stick with you as you make your way into college? I know division two, II, division three, they don't get the same level of exposure as division one, but as several of my basketball colleagues share on social media, no matter what division, D1, D2, D3, JUCO, NAIA, you name it, it's a life-changing experience uh, committing exactly. to a college in more ways than one. How do you see yourself continuing to grow as an athlete and an advocate when you set foot on the MSU Mankato campus? I feel like what I'm doing now, I'm still gonna bring it to the MSU. So like, I feel like I'll do really good there and like, it'd be really good for me. And like, we're gonna see how it goes. And like, like obviously I'm not gonna change for anyone. So I'm gonna do me. Another thing I'm curious about, Destiny, what would you say are, are some unusual hobbies or interests? And I don't mean unusual as weird, but interests or hobbies or passions, activities, if people were to come up to you for the first time, what are some things that you're involved in that might surprise people? Um, probably card games. I'm really, that's like, one of my hobbies, I love playing cards, um, watching TV, movies. Um, obviously when it's warm out, like stargazing, looking at the stars, but yeah. The reason I ask is because in the breakdown book, they would ask you that question and you would give variations of your nickname as an answer. Oh, I've a lot of them. So uh, what? I don't remember which one I put down. I think over the years, you've written several of those nicknames. Yeah. One is a shorthand form, which is Dest, and I forget the one you wrote down last year. What are some of the nicknames you go by? It's usually D, Dest, D Money. Um, some people call me Dest with a T, but I'm not a big fan of that. Um, yeah, my, mainly people call me Dest or D. But like the little girls that I like coach call me D-Money. 
I did not know you were a coach and I'm wondering when did these younger players that you coach, when did they start throwing around D money? Uh, they were like, what do we call you? I say, call me D money. Just to, like easier. Was that just spur of the moment? Yeah. So right, yeah. they asked, what do we call you? And you just D money in a split second thought of D money and look what's yeah. happened. Exactly. I do think you get some mileage out of that destiny. If you continue playing as an athlete, whether it's football, basketball, you should look into the D money marketing. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. I like it. It's like, if one of my friends, like, or if I meet someone, what's your name? D money. That's what I say. Or just call me D money. You mentioned stargazing as one of your interests. So when the weather is nice enough, yeah the spring to the fall where do you go to stargaze do you have to go to some remote area how do you do it usually i go in my backyard or i can go to like a park or like a field and how long do these stargazing sessions last not that long probably <laughs> 10 minutes not even <laughs> yeah. i'm thinking do we have a budding astrologist or <laughs> astronomer, I should say. We still might. <laughs> You're the first person though that I've met who would list stargazing as an activity. You also mentioned card games. Do you have a favorite card game? Um, Probably garbage. That's a pretty fun game or phase 10. Phase 10 is a good game. You want to know what's funny? I have no idea how you played those games. I've heard of them, but <laughs> I grew up on more of the casino card games. So. Yep. so for those of us who aren't in the know, what would be the Cliff Notes version of Garbage or Phase 10? Um, phase 10, it's kind of like, you like, they tell you like two sets of three. So you need like two sets of three. And it's like, it goes down to like, 10, I think. So you have to do 10 rounds. So if you win a round, then you're on the next round and the other person has to stay on the round they were at. And garbage, it's kind of like you lay them out and like you go ace to 10. And then if you like go down a number, if you win, now you're at nine. So it's kind of just like something to do. It's certainly a great time killer. Yeah. So as I was saying, Blackjack, Texas Hold'em were some of the games. I don't gamble, officially speaking, because I'm <laughs> too poor, or at least that's the line I use. And then many years ago, when I went to this uh, Christian music festival, there was a severe thunderstorm that came through, and we all killed time by playing Uno. And that yeah, was no, the... Okay. Well, Uno, that was the day I learned that it's really hard to play Uno against yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. for sure, definitely. Like, yeah, the game doesn't exactly work solo. <laughs> what are some of your favorite television programs and films that you like to watch? Um, SVU, so it's like a criminal show. Um, Vampire Diaries, Grey's Anatomy, and probably Gossip Girl. I know what those shows are, thankfully. <laughs> so when you said SVU, I'm like, I know what you're talking about, part of the Law and Order franchise. What about movies? Um, 
I like all types of movies, especially like Titans. Is that that that's what's name right? Titans, the football movie. Remember the Titans. Yeah, remember the Titans. That's a good one. Um, my favorite movie is probably Flush the Way. So that was probably like my favorite movie when I was a little kid, and like still love it until this day. Looking ahead, what are you most excited about as you move forward with your basketball career? Whatever happens, you know you're going to play college basketball. And then I don't know what your plans are after that, but what excites you about the road ahead? Um, like people say like a new chapter. So I'm excited to make new friends and like go into like school or like a business, start working. I'm not like, I don't want to play basketball after college. So I just want to get into working and like everything. So that's what my plan is. I'm not really, I don't really want to play like pro basketball. So just wanted to get my um, degree and stuff. What field are you considering a degree in? Business. Well, I know somebody who graduated from the Kelly School of Business in Indiana who is making a name for herself. I might have to connect the two of you. She yeah. went to high school at Tartan. Oh, okay. Uh, T. Albert, that name ring a bell? No. I'm not good with names. That's <laughs> what I suck at. If you like, someone tells me your name, I probably won't remember it two seconds later. I'm not sure if I should ask this, but do you remember my name? Mike, yes, I know you're. I know I'm you're kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Destiny. I'm kidding. Well, Tia, she set the all-time scoring record at Tartan over 3,000 points, and then played oh, college at Marquette in Indiana. Maybe you might have heard of her that way. I think she scored 55 in a game. Probably, if I see a picture of her, I probably know who she is. Well, I've had her on the podcast a couple of times, so if you punched her up, I'm sure you'd recognize her. But you know, she and. You know what? Maybe you can do some sort of co-op with Nia. I know that's something she was considering. Yeah. I, I could. could. The two of you, I could see it now. That I mean, the two of you already are close. Uh, you take right. photos together for the breakdown. Yeah, that's 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 my girl. I love her. I want to hear your perspective, your take, because for those who think that not going Division One is not an accomplishment or is beneath the capability of some athletes we're seeing more folks saying hey division two II, division three those schools matter too you don't always have to go division one to make an impact to make a difference to exert an influence so right i don't know how much flack you got when you said you're going to msu mankato but for those who might scoff at a division two school that doesn't carry the big name exposure like the u of m does what would you say to them um, I'd like, yeah, division one's nice. Division two is also good. Like there's no like bad thing about it. Like I got a full ride and I'm still going to college for free. Like that's still good. Like I, I, th I don't think it's this, it's obviously not the same, but like, there's no downgrade about it. Well said. And Based on your journey, whether it's coaching younger athletes, I'm guessing, is it traveling leagues that you're a part of uh, as a coach? High school, we're mentors, so we mentors. get our little teams. 
Okay, okay. Well, factoring in everything, mentoring younger teams, experiencing this year of change with the pandemic and social issues that George Floyd's death illuminated in some unsettling ways and making your way forward as a future collegiate athlete. Based on all of that, what would you tell someone who is starting out whether they want to take up football like you did at an early age or pursue basketball or another sport? Who knows? What advice, what tips would you have to offer them? Don't quit. Like, always push forward. Like, don't, obviously you're going to have back, like, you're going to fall backwards, but like, get up and keep going. Like, at the end of the road, it's success. So that's what I would tell like a little girl or someone. You, you certainly shared a lot about yourself, your affection for your twin brother. And I imagine the bond you've developed with him and the avenues you have forged as an athlete have portrayed you or have helped you develop and polish yourself as a role model and a future leader. And if you don't mind me asking you about that, how would you say all of your experiences being the oldest of soon to be six siblings and mentoring the younger teams as part of your high school curriculum and just witnessing and experiencing everything you have, how has that shaped you as a young budding leader? Uh, It definitely like helped me, especially now I'm going to college. So like definitely build build me up to like be a leader for people. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably important, like bringing to college and especially when you get older and definitely made me more mature. So I feel like that's good. Well, if there was one thing I never had any doubts about you, it's maturity, Destiny. (laughs) Every time I saw you out there, I do have one request, though. If we do have a season, uh, would you mind saving me a spot for some Eden yeah. Prairie games? I would. Yeah. I'll get you a ticket. <laughs> I'll take it. Or just let. Hey, would you let Mike broadcast a game or two from there again? <laughs> I did have a lot of fun in that game I did with Stillwater, even if you did have a couple of air balls. But you'll you'll have that shot down pat this time, right? This yeah. year. Yeah. No more air balls. No more air balls. Videotaping. No more. <laughs> no more air balls. Just don't hit the ceiling. Okay. (laughs) Well, Destiny, I learned a lot. And something I say in this series, I always have bad props and respect for you and everyone else I've had the chance to cover. But doing these podcasts gives me an even greater appreciation and respect for you as athletes and human beings and citizens. Because one reason I took this on, since we can't have games, this is the next best thing. But this gives me an opportunity to share your story and highlight who you are to the audience. Your teammates know that, your extended family knows that, your relatives and the parents, the coaches, I'm sure they can all speak to your character and your willingness, your maturity. But when you're watching games, we don't get to see that often. So I love getting that opportunity to share some of those nuggets with everyone out there. So the next time you suit up for Eden Prairie or MSU Mankato, I know you love to get wins, but 
hopefully it reminds everyone that you're not defined by your records and your stat sheet alone. So I'm glad you uh, shared quite a bit about yourself. We did cover a lot of ground. We did. Thanks again, Destiny. Well, and thank you I for having me. And I certainly wish you luck if we have a season. And if not, I'll have to find a way to get to Mankato or maybe when you make the trek up here because Mankato, MSU, they're in the NSIC, if I'm correct. Yeah. So yeah, you would get to play Concordia or maybe some schools a little closer to my neck of the woods. Yeah. But I'll certainly be following you no matter where you are. And I hope we could do this again sometime. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks again to Destiny Birch of Eden Prairie Girls Basketball and soon to be a maverick for MSU Mankato. And if you want to be a guest on a future episode of this series, just contact us through social media at the Mike Peden on Twitter or Instagram. All you need is a story and we'd be happy to share it with our audience. So until next time, thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSP television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Mike Up Sports, the home game. <laughs>